0: This is Mission Disco, the conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick.
1: And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation.
0: Hello, and welcome to uh, another episode of uh, Mission Disco podcast. Uh, it's just myself um, uh, today. Brian has moved back to the States. Uh, He moved back at the start of November and I've really appreciated his involvement in the podcast and his energy and deep thoughts and lack of um, sense of humor um, and all that he brought to to Ireland. Um, But it's just me for the moment, but we'll mix it up a little bit. Brian will join for some other ones, but I'm not actually by myself. I have um, Fraser Hosford and Ruth Garvey Williams uh, with me as well. Fraser um, is part of the Praxis press team, he's also a pastor in uh, Dublin and he's also a writer uh, as well, it's a new thing to add to the list and uh, works as an economist part-time as well, so there's lots of uh, roles. Uh, Ruth is living in Donegal, is involved in ministry in Donegal, stretching miles and miles around Donegal it seems. She's also editor, founding editor of Vox magazine and has also uh, written, a, written a book um, as part of Praxis Press and that was one of the things we want to talk about today was talk a little bit about what Praxis Press is and then ask Ruth a little bit about the book um, and what was involved in writing it some of the things she touched on etc and thinking about mission in Ireland so we start off uh, Fraser with you could you I can't remember if we've talked about this before I know we talked about your book maybe on a podcast two years ago but I don't know how much we talked about Praxis Press and kind of the vision for that and could you tell us a little bit about the story about that what happened why it came about etc.
1: Yeah, well, well, first, thanks for having me on. Um, nice to see you again um, and, and all your listeners. Um, yeah, I, Praxis Press is, I guess, the publishing arm of, of Praxis Movement, um, as you're listening to the, the podcast, Associated of Praxis. Um, and our vision really is quite simple, it's to see Irish voices for the Irish Church, to see them published um, and then read um, to resource and inspire and nourish the Irish Church. Um, and that's what we've been seeking to do cool so we've this is our we've two books out so far um and i guess you know underlying that belief is the sense that there are lots of voices that are worth hearing uh, in our land and um, from people on the front line of ministry in different ways and um, pastors ordinary followers of jesus and um, who are part of their local church and are, are doing good things and stories need to be heard um, and their thoughts and learnings on the front line um, need to be heard. Um, and we wanna create a, a space where that can be done and, and brought into print so people elsewhere in Ireland can listen, learn, and benefit from it.
0: Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great having your book and now uh, Ruth's book in that, and hopefully see more books come out of it, long books, short books, and just hear the ideas and stories of people around, around the island.
1: Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, we we hope that when we get a bit of momentum, we've two books now, which is really exciting. Um, and we hope that, you know, as we become a bit more known, people will want to get in touch with us and the project will grow. People who want to write, um, feel they have stuff to say or want to help us and be part of the project in different ways um so that we can keep going. And and I think also for for some people, they mightn't think that their thoughts are worth listening to. Um and, and part of our desire in starting it up as well is just in terms of the sort of economics of it, there's not really a market. There's not, there's not huge people, um, going to buy lots of these books. So, um, bigger publishers wouldn't really be interested in just an Irish specific title. And um, so you, people are thinking, well, like who's going to buy my book or, or what would I do with it? But when they see, um, other pastors, um, in in Ireland, publishing, and um, hopefully it'll encourage others to do that and put their thoughts down, um, so that they can share them for the benefit of others. Um, so that's that's our real sort of hope to be a resource um, for the whole church.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, and so the second book, which just came out there uh, in November, um, is called "Gloriously Ordinary," um, and the subline is "Embracing Incarnational Mission in Contemporary Ireland," and Ruth alongside others, uh, Ruth's kind of put it together and has involved other people from around Ireland. Ruth, I've really enjoyed reading the book. It's it's just, it's great to read. It's easy to read, there's just amazing stories. And as Fraser said, they're encouraging Irish people to write, Irish people are reluctant maybe to tell their story, but it's just been so encouraging hearing such diverse stories from around the place. And you really have geographically spread stories from all over Ireland. So it's been so encouraging, it's so well put together and yeah, it's so inspiring. What was it that uh, made you write this book? Was it some um, moment where God said, write this book? Or did you feel forced into it?
2: Thanks. Thanks, Simon. Um, I suppose the where this book came from originally was the Vox magazine, Finding Faith Tours. Back in 2013, I started uh, traveling around Ireland for one week a year and I'd take to the road in an epic road trip and and visit as many different counties as possible. Uh, The idea behind that was to find those hidden stories, to find out what God was doing on our island and to discover the grassroots, if you like, of, of Christians here in Ireland. And I never expected what I would find. I mean, just the incredible things taking place in the back of beyond somewhere, uh, you know, in distant Claire or, or, or in Kerry or somewhere in Mayo. And, and just as I traveled to be so inspired, to be so encouraged and to hear the responses back saying, wow, I never knew that was happening. So that was like, I suppose the foundation And um, chatting with Praxis Press, with Fraser and Patrick and others and thinking, you know, how do we um, bring these stories, these Irish voices to the forefront and and also the learning that takes place. Um, Having been myself and Andrew in ministry for (laughs) 30 years, um, over the years, you actually learn so much in your own context. And I do believe the Irish context is not the same. It's not the same as England. It's not the same as America. And we need those learnings to emerge from the grassroots to say, as we're seeking to do mission in Ireland, as we're seeking to reach our communities, how do we do that? And so, Gloriously Ordinary was born there back uh, over a year ago in, in a conversation I think we were sitting in IBI.
0: Very good I remember I, I for me looking at your looking at the Fox magazine it was kind of you probably did the tour in the summer so it was probably around summer late summer or autumn that the the stories came out and it was just so fascinating reading so many stories from all over the place and I remember you you, you usually kind of group stories together with similar themes, but the book's really interesting because you have the stories, but you also have the learnings of, you know, you brought stuff together and there's more, what can we actually do with this? So it's not just about hearing a story. It's actually, how do we, how do we do something about this? Or how is this common across Ireland? I think that's been, that it's been really, really encouraging reading that as well, the learnings of it. Was it a difficult process? You know, Fraser talked about there are other people writing, encouraging other people writing. I presume it was a fairly easy, fairly easy job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, no, um, herding cats comes to mind. <laughs> I mean, as, as an editor, you're used to chasing people and chasing people and chasing people and, and deadlines that are not met and, and things. But that's that's the joy of working together with others. Um, I think one of the wonderful things um, you were talking about, those themes that emerged, Um, Andrew and I sat down when we were beginning setting out this thing and began to write down a few of the themes that we felt that God was laying on our heart and the amazing thing is I went to others around the island and they kept saying yes we agree that's that's the key theme for Ireland and so it wasn't just our ideas it was confirmed in all these different places that although our context is different although perhaps the ministry style we have, although our denominational background and churchmanship is different, yet actually the similar principles and postures of mission are what informs our work. And that was a, a great excite- excitement. Um, that's where you say, wow, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is in this. He actually is guiding us to the right the right way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, pulling together the, the different people, And I I recall vividly, we were in in the middle of lockdown when I started to get the submissions in for the different chapters. And it was, of course, everybody was in chaos. We'd uh, we'd had to move into major ministry locally with running a food bank and trying to find the space to write. I know some people had more time in lockdown. That wasn't our situation. Um, but as I saw what my fellow, my co-authors were writing, I was deeply moved and I thought, whoa, God is actually saying something through this. So the, the writing, the initial sit down to write was about two weeks. And um, I sat down with the stories from around Ireland and just sewed them together, if you like, um, with our own experience. It was actually a, a very moving time just to, just to write and just to sense that you know it, it was agony actually at times but really going for walks and praying and, and coming back and writing some more and really feeling that the timing was unique
0: yeah yeah it's it for people who haven't read it yes it's it's really interesting the way you've put it together see so if the introduction then you've these six or seven kind of principles or themes that you've seen throughout Ireland. But then you've asked, you know, other people, uh, William Hayes, Joe Donnelly, Chloe Hannan, Marion Edwards, Emma Bolster-Rodriguez, Robert Holden, Andrew Garvey-Williams. You've asked other people to contribute. So it has this, not only just their stories, but actually some of their reflections and you've written around mm. it. That must have been a difficult enough job adding, uh, pulling it all together, but it, it works really well. There's sections of stories and real life experiences and amazing stories. And then you've added to the kind of maybe the, the, the bigger writing around us and the kind of theme around us.
2: That's what we were trying to do. And, um, and, and I'm glad that that you've, you've captured some of that and, and enjoyed that. Um, I, I think it was only when I came to the conclusion that I really began to see how God was putting it all together. And that was, that was very, very important for me as, as I actually saw that not only were all our themes so Perfectly um, embodied in in the Lord Jesus, um, but also they have something very profound to say about Ireland today. They they cut across the spirit or the the thing themes of the past. So if you look at um, if you look at I, I I talked about people coming in the opposite spirit. So you look at the the major things that have shaped our nation and the the historical issues and the problems, um, Fraser touched on this in his book, problems with the church sometimes being the instrument of, of abuse and mistreatment of people, and actually saying as Christians, we should be coming in the opposite spirit to that. We should be coming not as conquerors to oppress and misuse people, but as humble servants to serve and to love and to as Jesus did to lay our lives down for our communities.
0: Yeah, there's a really interesting story, Joe Donnelly's story about meeting a a lady who'd who'd been part of had a, maybe a negative religious um, experience in one of the chapters, and how that coming at things differently and embracing someone differently, how the profound impact that that has had an ongoing relationship. Um, Fraser, it seems that um, you know your first book was shaped or the um, What's it called again? Down with this sort of thing. It was memorable anyway. <laughs> Very memorable. But down with uh, this sort of thing, you talk a lot about where Ireland's at and some of the experience we've had. It seems like Ruth's book has kind of followed on from that going, this is how communities and churches and individuals around the island have learned from that experience and, and saying the gospel is still good news for Ireland. Yeah. These are some yeah. of the ways we're doing it.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's really exciting what you said. I, there is a sense of God speaking through it. If You know, she's assembled these crew of you know seven or eight different authors and the same themes are coming through because they are things that they are learning as they're being led by the spirit on the front line and you know all across the island and so God is speaking to them and not only did could you see that with the six themes emerging but actually the themes flow into each other as well and that sort of opposite spirit that Ruth said they're they're all about sort of serving and and, and sacrifice and, and and putting the other first you know it's a, it's a jesus way of doing it so um you know it does complement the first book you know the first book um talks you know sort of maybe analyzing sort of culture and and, and and trying to relate the scriptures and the good news of jesus to our culture and and roots book sort of puts it into practice by looking at how what that looks like on the ground and with these stories um, what people are doing and and that's really inspiring I find because you, you read these stories and it just sort of warms your heart and makes you want to get out there and do it yourself um, which is exactly what we want so
0: yeah I think as I was reading that's exactly how I felt it felt like you're reading this it was ordinary people it wasn't some idea that there was no way you could possibly do you go I could do that or that thing about you know being present how, what does that look like for me it, you really felt like you could yeah. start thinking it through it wasn't this unattainable idea or this idea that you could never see happen that was really encouraging
2: yeah i mean that's that's that was really very much on my heart um i I love i love the title ordinary actually my daughter gave that to me i was playing with lots of different titles and she suggested that and she said how inspired she is not by the um the stories of missionaries who do such amazing things that you think that you could never ever follow in their footsteps but the honesty of people who are ordinary, (laughs) who actually have faults and failings and weaknesses, but still find that God works through them. And that was very important for me. I mean, that's me. I'm not this super saint. I'm not an amazing person, but I find ways to do ordinary things in my community that somehow God works through. And that's when extraordinary things happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I I fully agree. Like, and it's ordinary Irish people. So that's, you know, that's coming back to the Praxis Press vision of why it actually relates and inspires us and and the local Irish church. So, yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something about the stories and you don't read the book and go, they're unattainable or they're very special Christians or they're gifted in a particular way. There's not this kind of, Oh, who are they to say these things they are just really ordinary stories of just mm-hmm. asking simple questions like i've just to touch on one or two of the chapters the one on presence there about um uh, marion and uh, emma in balna just that kind of uh, about presence about knowing your community how important it was she talked about um and um, so much ministry starts with simply being there so that was a really interesting way she said that being present she talked about leaving the car at home and walking around and meeting people and hearing people um, and getting involved and alongside people, short by getting involved in St. Patrick's Day Parade and the Salmon Festival and those things. It was just a, a real simple kind of, oh well, yeah, we could do that, just be present and being around and taking time. But I think the challenge for me and maybe for others is being present takes, there's an intentionality about it and there's actually a slowing down and being present isn't only physically being present, but also spiritually and mentally being present. Is a real, it was a real challenge for me reading that particular chapter. Mm.
1: but it's lovely to be challenged by people's stories rather than by you know a command
2: yeah and, and isn't that something we've all learned this year you know we've been intentionally locked down into our own community into our own homes and our own situations and and suddenly we're not allowed to travel we're not allowed to go elsewhere maybe not not even allowed to to go further than the than five kilometers around our home. But that's a wonderful opportunity. I've heard so many people complaining about it, but actually it's miraculous that you get to yeah. you get to be in your community for a while. And you get
0: to see things and experience things and explore things that you never knew existed within such a, a small a small space being present there. There was one uh, and you mentioned the Vox survey that you did a few years back about how people see Christianity and I think it was in the chapter of of mercy you kind of paint this amazing picture of a place near you um, this natural place but this graffiti being on the wall beside this racist graffiti and this kind of ruining um, uh, the place you kind of even called it the Garden of Eden but there was a line in it and I think someone else had said it in their story as well why is it that Christianity is known for what it's against rather than what it's for have you and, I'm, and Fraser, I suppose you touched on that a little bit in your book as well. The church tends to be known for, for what it's against or what it doesn't like rather than what it's for. Why is that? And, and how, is there a way to change that? Or have you seen ways that people have started to change that?
1: I think that's what these stories are in many ways, because these stories are bottom up, you know, from ordinary people loving and serving, whereas, you know, the, the experience of some in our land from the past is a, a sort of top-down more control version of sort of being told what to do and when you're telling people what to do that largely becomes sort of what not to do and what you're against whereas actually the bottom up is is what these stories are and I think is you know the Jesus way of 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 taking ordinary people um, and and Releasing them on the world um, with the love of God. So
2: Yeah, I mean, in many ways, when I was writing that chapter, Fraser's book was very much in my mind of describing the island of these two sons, the older son and the younger son of the of the story of the prodigal son. And we we see just the the danger of religion as a as a system of control. Um, that tries to define what we do and what we should do and how we should live, but not as a relationship with the Father. Um, and, and that is the road of, of mercy, the, the road that we just talk about there of not coming in the judgmental spirit, not trying to control people's behavior, but actually say, how about introducing them to Jesus, uh, to, to bring them to the Father who loves them so much and allow him to deal with the behavior afterwards.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think you see, you see kind of glimmers of of that what you're talking about, Fraser, about the bottom-up, the loving and the serving, and how that's really important for the church. There's a, a great line that Joe just sums that up so well in uh, maybe the listening chapter. He says, Often as Christians, we have an expectation that we have a right to be listened to.
1: Mm.
0: And it's a really and he says, Where did that come from? It's a Christendom thing. And I think we're experiencing in your book Fraser, and then the examples that you have in yours, Ruth. There is that the church is starting to understand and realize that we don't just have a voice that people want to listen to. There's not that that same respect there. That actually listening, and, and that chapter about listening, is a real challenge as well, because you talked about um, answering without listening. Mm-hmm. So we come up with what we think the town needs or the people that we serve need without listening first, and that's that's a big change for the church to go from that. We have the answer. We're going to tell you what it is without that, that listening part.
1: Yeah, but it's encouraging to know that like these eight, you know, stories and contributors that they've already, you know, had those learnings on the ground. And I'm I'm sure it's multiplied across the country because really it's, you know, it it is what you learn on the ground because um, the other way just isn't going to work. You know, I love this fact that we're coming back and Simon, you keep drawing out this theme of the ordinary. I wonder if the more ordinary we are ourselves, the more we can relate to this book. I don't know if your own ordinariness, your extreme ordinariness is is part of your love of this book, your big grow that you're sounding out now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: This book is not for super saints, sorry. No, no,
0: it's not, because it's not your typical book. It's not your book of strong leadership or this is what the church should be. Here's your vision. It is a simple, organic, relational slow listen to understand your community get alongside people and the fact that it's illustrated with stories and real life stories and stories that have some of happy endings and, and great endings and some of them are, are processed like some of the, the questions that chloe asks on campus or joe's been asking in rings end they're just real simple really challenging questions it's really inspiring
1: so if you're if you're feeling ordinary out there as a listener this is the book to get
0: Definitely. But I, 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 having said that, it's not the book that, you know, historically that you have of church leaders of where's your vision and you're the strong leader. Mm. But I think it's a challenging book for all of us. I don't think it's, it's encouraging for the, for the ordinary people, the people who don't think they can do anything, but it's a challenge to those who are thinking about what does church look like now? And actually I need to think differently. And it's a real challenge to our, our systems and the way we do church. I mean, especially at
2: the moment, mm. Simon, I mean, if you think about, um, not being able to meet together as church, not being able to meet in buildings um, and actually being reduced to a small um, a small radius of your home. This is church in its smallest, <laughs> in, its, in, its, in some ways it's weakest, but actually I think it's possibly the strongest. When, when people are empowered right where they are to live for Jesus, and every member of the church, surely that's, you You are both church leaders, surely that's the vision of a church leader, that every member of your congregation is to empower to live for Jesus where they are.
0: I think the helpful thing, and I know Fraser, you had, you produced questions to go along with your book afterwards, but it's really handy that you have questions kind of for reflection in the book, Ruth, so at the end of each chapter, there's a few questions to go, you know, take time to think about these things. Here's some questions. What could you do? I think that's a really helpful addition. And I'm sure Fraser, if, if, if you thought about it back then, you would have had it in there as well, but it's really helpful to have those questions because you want to, you want to do something and actually it could be a really helpful book to do use as a a small group or as a, you know, within your church, read it together. So it's very readable and there's those, those questions to then reflect on as well.
1: Mm. It's really helpful. I think it's a, there's a real spiritual element to the book you know because it speaks to your heart as you're reading it you know it makes you uh, at times stop and want to just give thanks it, it inspires you and then you think well what do i where am i going to go with this you know what am i going to do and to have questions like that just just helps you process that and also do it with others and um, in community
2: well i'm grateful it was actually phrases suggestion to put in questions at the end and um, end of each chapter i was very really grateful for that it, I have to say it's my husband who is the deep thinker of the of the family who, who came up with the questions um, and um, really just helped help me to reflect on what would be most helpful for people um, but I, I think it is actually important we can skate over skate over a book we read and actually not slow down and say okay what is the Holy Spirit saying to me right now through this?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I would, I, I some certain books I'd read, I'd you know, write in or highlight bits. I know some people would hate me for that. I'd dog ear the books as well and bookmark pages. But having the questions there, you kind of come to the end of it. So it'd actually be a helpful thing to read with someone else, even in twos, mm-hmm. to talk about it, you know, read through the book and then go through the questions as a church or as, as individuals. Um, Ruth, as you were writing it, do you have a particular now that you read over it or look over it again? I'm sure you're sick of reading over it, but was there a particular favorite chapter or one that stood out to you? or a particular story even in amongst it? I know you've kind of been thinking about this a lot with the Vox finding faith tours. So you've, you've kind of been thinking along these lines.
2: Yeah. I mean, the story that moves me most um, is William tells the story of, of doing a Bible reading marathon, his church, uh, and a powerful story of, of this homeless man who comes in and is part of, <laughs> ends up being part of their Bible reading marathon. And I won't give away the the, the punchline, but just so moving how God arranged that uh, and and how there was a miracle involved (laughs) here. um, And and just powerful, those sort of stories that do happen on the ground. And when you're working in community, you see things happening and you're like, whoa, (laughs) that's the glorious to our ordinary. That's when God steps in. Um, but in terms of my favorite chapter, I would say it would have to be the conclusion, the last chapter, um, because I think that was the one that took the greatest prayer. I think I was just pretty much on my face saying, Lord, how do you bring this together? And um, I actually went out, we were allowed then. <laughs> I actually went out to a coffee shop <laughs> um, and, um, and, 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 just wrote it in, in, again it was about an hour, I wrote it in in about an hour, there's a joy of being a writer, it does help, um, but it was really that sense of, um, I was reminded uh, years back we'd been praying over our town and um, someone had come to visit us and was saying you know I, I've noticed that you come in the opposite spirit. Um, Our town has a very painful history, very, very painful history. And and so um, we've we've sort of evolved in ministry in some ways to come in the opposite spirit, but hadn't really thought about why we were doing it. Uh, And that had started us on the journey of thinking, yes, we need to be intentionally the opposite of the evils that have been done in a community. And so that already started to filter into my mind. And then suddenly looking back over the themes of our book and saying, you know what, these are all about the opposite spirit, coming in the opposite spirit to to the judgment, to the oppression, to the injustice, to the pride and arrogance and control of the past. And, and Jesus does exactly the same. Isn't it incredible that he steps in? We're talking, we're right in Advent, we're thinking about him. He steps into our world and he is completely different to what you might expect. He comes as a baby. He comes in an obscure part of, of an obscure part of the Roman Empire in an obscure village into an obscure family. And yet he comes to redeem us and to bring us life again so yeah that's a very muddled way of saying but definitely the final chapter for me was very very important
0: yeah 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 no it's 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 just so well brought together because there's always when you involve lots of other people with lots of different stories and different writing styles and different ways of saying stuff it's amazing how you've brought it together and and linked it and it is so readable I encourage everyone to to read it i think wherever you're at whether you need that encouragement to try something in the town or the place you live or whether you're rethinking what church is and how we do mission in ireland i think both books are really good but but particularly this is just so encouraging as fraser you said earlier there it's just your heart's moved by it it's not a i'm convinced by a good argument it's a heart move to go wow that's an amazing story Mm -hmm. i'm with those i celebrate with those brilliant fraser you anything to add just in the end particular part for you or
1: um for me probably it's probably the stories which spoke to me and, and the the stories that I want to, you know, be sharing with my own uh, community church community that people will be hearing them as well and uh, be moved by them. And so, yeah, and they're, you know, across the book with, you know, drawing out the different themes, but it's just the nature of what's actually happening in our own um, country.
0: Yeah. And you said at the start there, you know, not having, Books and coming from other countries, but actually having the stories to hand mm. to be able to have on the on your lips to be able to say, I know this guy who's living here, or I know this woman who lives out here, or I know this. You know, you know. Suddenly, no stories have got at work. They're not our stories, but they're our stories because we're all part of the same yeah, yeah, yeah. body, and it's really encouraging to be able to share those and celebrate and be excited about all exactly. those things. Really
1: positive. That's yeah, great.
0: But um, thank you both. Thanks, uh, Fraser, for um i know being part of that journey with ruth and ruth thank you so much for writing this the the book i'm sure there was times where you wondered what on earth you were doing um but it's great you've brought these stories out and and brought these learnings and ideas out it's a real challenge and encouragement for the church so really appreciate and thanks both for for sharing and and being here
1: thank you thanks simon
2: you've been listening to mission disco a podcast by praxis movement you can find us on facebook Instagram and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or online at praxismovement.ie.